0: Well, praise the Lord. This is Pastor Jerry coming to you with the Word of God. It's always an honor and a privilege to bring the Word of God to you. Praise God. We're just grateful, amen, that you are listening, that you are watching. Praise God. It's always an honor, amen, to have those out there uh, that'll connect with us. Praise God. Just want to thank you for that. Let's jump right into the Word of God. We're going into Romans 8 once again, my favorite chapter. We've been talking about aiming the mind, and today... Going to talk a little bit more about that. Kind of come at it from a little bit different angle, and I'm going to go to verse five once again. Romans eight, verse five, says this: For those who live, behave, behavior, actions—that's what that word "live" means. Uh, For those who live according to the flesh or according to the natural, natural things, natural living, uh, world, maybe earthly uh, kind of way. All right, those that live or uh, live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh in other words that's what determines it so we've been bringing out uh, the last several weeks you know attention determines direction amen so you set your mind on the things of the flesh guess what you're going to start living according to that all right now it says those who live according to the spirit the things of the spirit words, they set their minds on the things of the spirit You remember in Colossians 3, verse 2, it says, Set your mind on things above and not on things of this earth. That's how he worded it there with the uh, church at Colossae. So things above or things beneath or things of the earth, higher things, lower things. Amen. So whatever you set your mind on determines uh, how you're going to live, determines the direction that you live. All right. What you live according to. All right. Attention determines direction. It goes on to say, for to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity, or in other words, it wars against God, for it is not subject to the law of God. In other words, it will not yield to the principles or the, the, the law in the sense of that which has been established, Okay, how God set it up, set it in order. In other words, you're not going to subject, subject yourself to that. All right. Nor indeed can you. All right. And that's just the facts. Okay, if you're going to be thinking on lower things. You're going to think on things of the natural, things of the flesh, uh, things of this earth. It's kind of hard to be led by the spirit, um, you know, when you're doing that. So uh, as we brought out the last few weeks talking about, you know, God wants to help navigate you through life. All right. Every day wants to lead you, direct you, communicate with you, give you insight, give you help. Praise God answers, wisdom, counsel, praise God, Uh, the steps to take, depending on what we're talking about, how to deal with this, how to deal with that. God wants to help navigate you through life. But if your mind is always on natural earthly things all the time, it's kind of hard for God to to lead you, and that's what He's bringing out here. So those that set their mind on things above, amen, they're, they're more apt to live according to the Spirit. Those that set their mind on things beneath, Things of this earth, the natural things, fleshly things are going to live according to that. All right. Now, what we talked about last week, um, we touched on talking about taking every thought captive. And I just want to say this. If you don't take your thoughts captive, get this, they're going to take you captive. Okay. and that's just the facts. All right. That's why you got to be disciplined on taking every thought. Amen. And in a sense, rotating that before the mind's eye. Amen. Determining, making the, uh, you know, settling it. Is that a God thought or is that a flesh thought? Amen. If it's a God thought, you hang on to it. If it is not, you want to reject it or you want to throw it aside. Praise God. And of course, we went through all that there in 2 Corinthians 10. So today what I want to do is I want to go to Proverbs 23. It's obviously a, a, a text that we've quoted off and on through the course of this series. But Proverbs and twenty three says, "As a man thinks in his heart, so is he." All right, and so let's look at this. I want to kind of read the uh, this, this verse in text or in context. All right, so verse six and seven of Proverbs twenty three, praise God, says this. Do not eat the bread of a miser, nor desire his delicacies. For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. Eat and drink, he says to you, but his heart is not with you. Now, of course, that kind of got a wild, uh, uh, you know, kind of statement in there. But the bottom line is, okay, it's if you define it, it kind of makes a little bit more sense. Now, I'm reading, of course, out of the New King James, but regardless, I'm going to give you some definition out of the Hebrew. And it says here, um, "Do not eat the bread of a miser." Now, you might even have a cross reference in your in your Bible, um, depending on what what you're reading there. But it talks about an evil eye, or one with an evil eye, or it will ca- uh, will will you cause your eyes? Uh, let's see, what's it say? Let me make my cross reference. One who has an evil eye. There it is. One who has an evil eye, or literally an evil intention. Okay. And really in text, as you look at this, it's talking about a manipulator, okay, dealing with a manipulator. And so a manipulator, okay, if that's the way he's thinking, guess what? He thinks that the only way he can survive or the only way he can succeed or the only way he can move along is he has to manipulate in order to do that. And that's what it brings out. So in in a sense, then, this text is is kind of coming at it in a negative, uh, negative light, but we can learn from it. For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. Now, thinks in his heart, I think it's the, uh, might be the Passion Translation says, as he thinks within himself, because uh, it is referring to within, all right? So, uh, one that thinks, how how one thinks on the end, you know, within or inside, in his heart, all right? So is he, which means so he exists, that word means, or so he becomes. And it's, we're saying really the same thing we read there in Romans 8 and deals with you know as as one thinks uh, so goes his life okay that's you know as one thinks so he becomes so he exists all right now this word thinks in this text okay i thought was pretty interesting it, it is a uh, Hebrew word is shaar okay s h a a r and it means to estimate think but it literally means to split or to open a door or a gate and It refers to one acting as a gatekeeper. Thought that was kind of interesting. So, bottom line, what he's trying to bring out is what you open up, what you open the door for, open the gate for. As a, you're the you're the gate operator, it says here, the gatekeeper. All right. So, what you open up determines what comes in. All right, and that's what he's bringing out. So this. Manipulator in context here. Okay, this I guess my translation says miser, but it's it's referring to a manipulator, one with an evil intention or evil eye. Okay, it's it's what he opens himself up to. In other words, he assumes that's the way it has to be because of what he's opened himself up to. He maybe thinks on wrong things, thinks on evil thoughts, thinks on things of this earth, thinks of this world. Pretty soon, maybe always thinking everybody else is out to get him or whatever it is. Pretty soon. That's the way he becomes, okay? That's how he exists. So now he thinks he has to manipulate in order to move forward, in order to succeed. And so I'm just telling you that's, of course, on an evil side here, but we see that no matter what. If you will set your mind on right things, amen, if you, will, in a sense, open the door, open the gate, amen, and bring in and allow in good thoughts, right thoughts, that's what you become. And what's amazing about it is that, you know, you can change your life uh, in a matter of time. It's amazing how fast this thing can work if you'll just start meditating and thinking on the right thoughts. So what I thought today as I was going to kind of, you know, kind of go down this road talking about as a man thinks, all right, and uh, maybe take a few individuals and take a look at because of how maybe they've thought and how uh, how it affected their lives but yet when god got a hold of them got them thinking right praise god all of a sudden things began to work right all right so let's start with a man named moses all right? and right we're going to go to exodus chapter three please exodus chapter three and uh we're just going to take a, a quick look at at him exodus chapter three praise the lord and we're gonna to go to verse, uh, maybe like around verse ten. Uh, this is the Lord talking to uh, Moses. Now, of course, uh, this is He was talking, you know, up by the burning bush. That whole thing uh, went down there up on the hillside, and God's talking to him right now. And He says, "This come now, therefore, and I will send you to Pharaoh." This is again uh, Exodus three. Verse 10, come now, therefore, and I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. Okay, so he's, he's getting commissioned. God says, I'm going to send you. You're the one that can do this. But anyway, but Moses said to God, here we go, who am I, right? Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh? and that I should bring the children of Israel out of Egypt. All right, listen. So he said, I will certainly be with you. So what the Lord's saying to him. I will be with you, and this shall be a sign to you that I have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. That was you're going to come back to this place. And Then Moses said to God, indeed, when I come to the children of Israel and say to them, uh, the God of your fathers has sent me. To you and they say to me what is his name what shall I say to them he said and God said to Moses I am who I am or I am that I am amen what um, and he said thus you shall say to the children of Israel I am has sent uh, me to you praise God now the bottom line is if you know what you see a man who has been out in the in the wilderness basically for the last 40 years okay uh, early on remember he was at Egypt. Um, he killed a man uh, trying to protect him, and then it caused a little bit of uh, uh, trouble. So he runs. He escapes from Pharaoh. Uh, ends up out on the hillside. Uh, ends up, uh, you know, hooking up with a family. Gets married. Has start probably having it, you know, his own family, that kind of thing. But he's out here on the hillside. Been doing this now for forty years. Starts talking to a burning bush that he sees from afar. He goes up to it, and there it is. And the whole story. The bottom line is, here he is thinking of himself, I can't do this. He's talking to, you know, to a burning bush. He knows it's the Lord. I mean, obvious. And, uh, you know, he's thinking of himself, I can't do this. I'm, I'm inadequate, okay? Now, that's just how he's thinking, okay? And, you know, over the last 40 years, maybe maybe a, a culmination of, of things that went on, my guess is basically... You know, in the early on, in fact, we know by Scripture that Moses uh, back early on knew he was called to be a deliverer. Okay, Uh, we know that by Scripture. And uh, so, you know, he attempted to do that. Um, Of course, he did it in his own strength. And what happened? You know, we had some trouble, had some issues. He runs, as I said. The point I'm trying to make is, um, you know, sometimes the thoughts that you open the gate to are, are thoughts of condemnation guilt, shame, uh, you know, I failed. I, I missed God, I didn't do something right. Uh, you know we could have all kinds of thoughts like that that we let in. And if you don't watch it, that stuff sits in there and stirs and and, and, and and more of the thoughts get added to it and it all gets stirred up and pretty soon you have a, thro- a thought process that's off, okay? Remember as a man thinks, so he becomes. okay? Uh, here he is, a man called to be a deliverer, but yet thinking of himself as inadequate, okay? And, and, and you might be able to relate to that, okay? we we're all got callings and giftings in our life, and if we don't watch it, we let wrong thoughts in pretty soon. We're not fulfilling anything. We're not going anywhere, doing what we should be doing. And in the meantime, uh, you know, we're just uh, you know, just kind of bumping along in life and not necessarily living according to the Spirit. Instead, we're living more according to the flesh, according to the natural. All right. All because we allow certain thoughts in and, uh, you know, we open the gate to the wrong thoughts. And next thing you know, here we are. Well, we're seeing a man here who thinks he's not adequate. You know, who am I? What can I do? But yet, if you go on with the story, right, we all know it ends good because he ends up before Pharaoh. And, uh, you know, he ends up being the one that does all the communicating with Pharaoh. And he does deliver God's people, praise God, just like God said. And the point is, it took a while, but once he got it straight, it wasn't long. Then, praise God, he's he's on track doing what he's supposed to be doing. Praise the Lord. Now, I'm just trying to bring out, okay, what happens, you know, with one set of thoughts, you know, and it opens the gate. I mean, you open the gate to let that kind of stuff in, and next thing you know, it limits you. And this is kind of what. What kind of came to me earlier today, and that is is that mindsets will either lock us to limits or free us to fulfill. They will either lock us to limits. in other words, we, we're locked down to limits. okay We're not going anywhere because we're locked to these limits, okay And there's a lot of limits out there, all right? We get locked to limits or we can put in the right thoughts and we can get free amen, to fulfill what we're called to fulfill. And what we've seen here with Moses' life, he was locked to limits, but now he's been freed, amen, to fulfill what he's called to be. And of course, he goes on to do that, amen. And it really just came down to a change of thoughts, praise God, amen. Let's look at another one, praise God. Let's go to Numbers. Actually, I'm going to talk about a group of people here, Numbers 13. You really can't talk about right and wrong thoughts without maybe getting to, you know, talk about the children of Israel and um, things, of course, we've discussed over the years and touched on this a lot. But uh, chapter 13 of Numbers, please. And um, uh, what we got in context, uh, Moses sent in the spies to the promised land. You know, we, we got the 12 spies that went in, one, one, one leader from every tribe. The 12 come back, 10 of them have an evil report. Um, you know, they all said it was just like God said, but because of a mindset, 10 of them basically, you know, spoke things they shouldn't have spoken. And as a result of it, it spread throughout the camp. And the next thing you know, everybody's uh, feeling defeated and, uh, you know, less than uh, whatever. But the point is, okay, uh, this is where we're going to pick up with, okay? So we're going to go to verse 25. It says, And they return from spying out the land for 40 days. Now they departed and came back to Moses and Aaron and all the congregation of the children of Israel, the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh. They brought back word to them uh, and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. And they told him and said, "We we went to the land where you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey. In other words, it's a prosperous land and this is its fruit. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. That word "strong" literally means harsh or fierce. Okay, so they kind of, they kind of magnified it. Okay, and the cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there, which of course is talking about uh, giants or uh, pretty large individuals. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south. The Hittites and the and the Jebusites, the Amorites, and they all dwell in the mountains. The Canaanites dwell by the sea, and a whole bunch of other otherites, right? And along the banks of the Jordan. Then Caleb. Quieted the people before Moses and said, "Let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it." Now you re- you recall through this story, both Caleb and Joshua stood their ground, said, "No, we can do this. God's asking us to do this They tried to get everybody to say, "No, let's go this direction," but you know as well as I do what happened. This generation uh, opened up the gate, so to speak, and allowed the other ten leaders to influence them uh with a negative report an evil report the lord called it all right by by saying what they said what it is it it created a problem here we go but verse 31 the men who had gone up with him we are not able to go up against the people for they are stronger than we and they gave the children of israel a bad report of the land which they spied out saying the land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants, and all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. Now, you know as well as I do that's not true. Okay, it's been exaggerated, all right? Uh, Verse 33, there we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak came from the giants, and we were like, here we go, we were like grasshoppers, here we go, in our own sight, which is accurate. And so we were in their sight, which is not accurate, okay? In other words, it comes right down to this, okay? That's how they saw themselves, okay? Obviously, these 10 of the 12 saw themselves as nothing but uh, bugs, uh, you know, uh, grasshoppers, okay, locusts, are you hearing me, in the eyes of others. That's how they saw themselves, and they assumed that's the way others saw them, all right? But Which was not true. Okay, it was a lie, but it was based on a thought process, okay? Now, the reason I say that is because when you get into the next generation, and you have to understand that the only thing that changed from this generation, who, by the way, because of this, they ended up wandering in a wilderness for 40 years, one year for every day those spies were in that land spying out the land. Okay, that's the only reason they were wandering in a wilderness, okay? Not because that's what God wanted. It's just that's what happened when you get wrong thinking. You end up wandering around in a wilderness. You open the gate to wrong things. Next thing you know, you live life now according to that. And remember, as I said earlier, and I'll say it again, praise God, that mindsets, okay, uh, you know, how you think, those patterns of thinking, those mindsets will either lock us to limits or free us to fulfill, and it's going to be based on what you open the door to. As a man thinks, come on now, so he exists, so he becomes, come on now, see, attention determines direction, all right? So we have to understand that if we don't take those thoughts captive, they're going to take you captive, and they're going to lock you to limits, all right? That's exactly what happened here. Now, as I was saying, let me go back to this. The only difference between this generation now at this point and where they were in Joshua now when you get to the book of Joshua and Joshua now takes in that next generation, him and Caleb, take in that next generation into the same place, into that that promised land to go in there and, and take the land that's theirs, rightfully theirs. Now listen, the only thing that was different was a mindset. That was it. All right. Now the reason I'm bringing this out is because in this verse 33 here, all right, they said that we we are as grasshoppers in our own sight, and so we were in their sight, which was a lie. And the reason I say that because you get into Joshua, I believe it's like Joshua 2, and I want to say like around verse 9. This is when the other a uh, few a couple spies went in uh, ahead of them, and they ended up in Jericho. And they ended up uh, with Rahab. Rahab was there and protected them, uh, you know, saved their life, and then and basically let them know. And this is what she said: she said that the people, uh, people's hearts have melted within them, because they're fearful of you and your God. And that's exactly how the people felt. Now I just want to toss this out. It's just it's just a thought I had. I mean, you could take it, you can leave it. Um, you know, but, you know, the walls of Jericho came down, you know. When they went in there, they marched around the city. You remember the whole story. God told him what to do and how to do it. Of course, Joshua told him, you know, you can do this, but you're not going to talk. Okay, he added that part, but uh, you understand why he did it. But anyway, the point is they march around the city once every day for six days. The seventh day they do it seven times, and then they, they blow the, uh, the horns. They, they shout, the victory shout. And literally says the walls came down. And I was thinking, you know, that's that's quite a phenomenal thing. But I was thinking uh, in the light of this, okay, what we're talking about. They said that we are grasshoppers in their sight, which was not true. They were looking at the children of Israel, and they were fearful, okay? Uh, Now, this, of course, 40 years later, but I'm telling you, I guarantee you they were just as fearful of the children of Israel in Numbers 13 as they were in Joshua 2 or 3 or whatever chapter that is. And I'm telling you right now, okay, for 40 years, those people in Jericho and maybe some of the other cities on the in the side of the promised land over there were probably constantly keeping watch of these literally millions of Jews that were on the other side of the river, okay, wondering when they're going to come and attack, okay, whatever. I'm just saying. But all I know is a mindset locked them down, and they went nowhere except wandering now in a wilderness for 40 years because of a mindset. So that's what, you know, when you think about it, God had to get that mindset gone, all right? because the thought was that that they're bigger than us and they're going to kill us and they're going to kill our families and they're going to kill our kids and and all that. If you kind of read on, that's what, they're just fearful as all get out. But they didn't realize that those on the other side of the river were just as fearful because they saw that massive group of, of Israelites, come on now, that were on the other side Amen. Knowing, probably already heard some things about what their God did for them in delivering him out of Egypt. I mean, you could imagine. So probably for 40 years, you know, let's just take Jericho, for instance. For 40 years, those in Jericho were wondering when, 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 when are the Israelites going to come and take our land? When are the Israelites going to come and take, you know, consume our city? What's going to happen? When are they going to? All them kind of thoughts. So when Rahab told uh, the spies later on there in Joshua 2, uh, she said to them, our hearts have melted. In other words, we're, we, we already know we're defeated. We already know we're going down. We just didn't know when. And that's why she was so quick to say, I'm with you and your God because I've seen what your God can do. And that's why she got delivered and, of course, went down in history is part of the lineage of Jesus which is pretty phenomenal anyway but that's another uh, another story. I just want to bring out and what I hope that you're hearing is that when you have when you open the gate so to speak and you let wrong thoughts in even even it doesn't matter whether they're true or false. I'm just trying to tell you here see if you know what you open your what you open the gate to let in is going to determine some things. Now, if you're listening to the lie, you're believing the lie, you're meditating on the lie, it's going to lock you down to limits. It's, it's going it's to limit you. And if you remember back in Romans 8, he says, and even though God wants to lead, you're not subject to the principles of God, the, the biddings of God, the leadings of God, because your mind is too locked on the natural things. So now it's warring with God. Now, hear me. So here they are, okay, because of what, you know, what has happened here. Now they end up wandering in a wilderness for 40 years because they opened up the gate to the wrong thoughts. Now those 10 leaders, of course, they end up dying, the 10 of the 12. The other two that kept their thoughts right, kept their mind right, come on now, stayed connected, amen, were the two men that led the the brigade, so to speak, 40 years later into the promised land to take the land. Amen. Remember Joshua taking his mountain. Praise God. And I mean Caleb taking his mountain, and and Joshua leading the way. Praise God. Both those men went in and did what uh, what God had uh, called them to do. Praise God. But it could have happened forty years earlier. Come on now. If thought process, if thought patterns would have been different in that earlier generation, if they would have been thinking like Joshua and Caleb were, they would have went in right then and took the land. It's just phenomenal. And the, like I said earlier, and, I, and I'm really hammering on this, but I'm doing it on purpose. The only difference between this generation and the, the next generation was a mindset. They believed they could do it. They believed it could happen. And they went in and did it, praise God. And I just thought that was interesting. You know, when you think about, uh, you know, the, even though they were thinking that they were grasshoppers and that, uh, you know, in their own sight and in the sight of others, when it's just so false, it was so wrong, They were seeing the complete opposite, but yet it didn't matter. It was a thought pattern. It was a thought process. It was a mindset that was off, and as a result of it, it locked them down. It locked them to limits instead of freeing them to fulfill what they're called to do. And and please, don't be guilty of that. Amen? So anyway, praise God. Let's look at some more here. I hope you're hearing this. Let's go to Judges, another common one here. You can't really talk about stuff like this without talking about Gideon, you know. Oh, my. Talk about wrong and right thinking, you know. So let's go to Judges 6, and um, I'm going to just kind of down here to verse 12. Remember now, the, the, the Midianites are always, every every year, come up over the hill and take their crops and do all kinds of things. So the angel of the Lord, verse 12, uh, says, The angel of the Lord appeared to him, which is Gideon, and he said to him, The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. Now, What's the right thought here? Okay, that's the word of the Lord. That's the thought of God. Come on now, we've been talking about that for weeks now, right? His thoughts toward you are thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope, right? Well, here he's letting it be known. This is what God's thought is of you, Gideon, that you are a mighty man of valor, praise God. All right, that's the thought of God. But Gideon said, oh, my Lord, if the Lord is with us, then why has all this happened to us come on you see where his mind is and where are all his miracles you know which our fathers told us about saying did not the lord bring us up from egypt Uh, but now the lord has forsaken us or abandoned us uh, to deliver us into the hands of the midianite which is a which is a which is a lie okay They yielded to it, and as a result of it, they surrendered to the enemy and let the enemy continue to ransack them from year to year to year. Come on now. Then the Lord, verse 14, turned to him and said, Go in this might of yours. That's his thought. Listen, you got what it takes to get the job done. Go in this might of yours, and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? Now, I would think if God comes up to anybody and says, I've sent you to do this, well, guess what? Guess what you're called to do? You know, you're called to go do that. Why? Because that's what you've been sent to do, praise God. Amen. In other words, you've been, you've been in a sense, if you hang on to that thought, you're now free to fulfill what you've been called to do. But if you don't take that thought and you do like what he's doing, come up with all kinds of excuses, you know, defeat mentality, okay, because of everything else that's gone on. And somebody says, well, you know, out of respect and out of, Uh, You know, out of, uh, you know, some, uh, you know, some honor here to the man. I mean, uh, you know, he he did have a lot of stuff happening, a lot of stuff going on. Well, I'm not making light of any of that. I'm just talking about thought process. You have to understand if your thoughts are wrong, you're locked to limits. And his thoughts were wrong. All right. And praise God, the angel Lord didn't give up on him here. He kept at it. Right. But here we go again. Now, verse fifteen. So he said to him, "This is the Gideon talking to the to the angel of the Lord here. Uh, oh, my Lord, how can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan or my tribe, whatever is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house." Man, I mean, that's just you know talk about one excuse after another. But just think about where his thought process is, and I don't even know really. A man that's going to sit here and admit, you know, I'm the weakest in my family and our family's the weakest in the community. I mean, not many people you're going to hear that kind of talk, but you will at times hear people get real negative and talk negative. All right. This guy, man, is like negative a negative. I mean, it's down as bad, bad as it can get. He said, I am the least in my father's house. And the Lord said to him, surely I will be with you and you shall defeat the Midianites as one man. Oh, hallelujah. And the point is, it goes on, of course, to a little bit of a process here. He gets the boy to get a hold of it. Praise God. He gets a change of thought. Amen. He goes and he does what he's supposed to do. And even down the road a little bit, he gets asked by the Lord to do some things. That's just, I mean, we're talking about He's obviously getting a hold of it because God, you know, even says, you know, you got way too many. We want this thing weeded down to just a few men. And of course, it went down to 300 and he was willing to do all that. I mean, man, pretty soon he got a hold of it. But it is amazing when you get a change of of a mindset, when your your thought processes is changed, when you've opened the gate to the right thoughts, all of a sudden now you are free to fulfill See, as a man thinks, so he becomes. So you begin now to open the gate to the right thoughts, which is what he did, and he became exactly what God said he was. Now, Well, that's what God said. Well, listen, there's a lot of people, even maybe you watching or you listening right now, God has said things to you, all right? He's maybe calling you a mighty man of valor or you mighty woman of valor, whatever. I mean, he might be speaking things to you, And if you ain't going to listen to that, if you're not going to hear that, there are certain things he said in the word that you're a new creation. Old things have passed away, that you're more than a conqueror, the Word of God says. You're a world overcomer. I mean, you're victorious in Him. You're tri- you're triumphant in Him. I and mean, we can go on and on and on of verses, praise God. All your needs are met according to His riches in glory, praise God. I mean, there are just so many things that can just move you forward, praise God, if you'll just open the gate, so to speak, for the right thoughts his thoughts, praise God. Get your mind in the right place. Set your mind on higher things. Amen. Set your mind on things above, praise God. And when you do that, you free yourself, praise God, to fulfill what you're called to fulfill. Just like Moses, just like the children of Israel, just like we're seeing here in Gideon's life, praise God. You know, he was locked down before you know, we're talking just through a couple conversations and, you know, he's come a long way just in a couple conversations, praise God. And he, you know, here he is, he's sinking, he's just a nobody, can't do anything and he's got every excuse under the book. And for whatever it's worth, I'm telling you, you know, when, you, when you're sitting here making excuses, it's amazing how quick, when something's said, how quick it is to pull up an excuse. And if, it's, if that's pretty quick in you, then I'm telling you, that's what you sit and meditate on. That's what you opened the gate to. And now that's your reason, your justification for why you can't do or can't be or can't fulfill something. So now it's locked you down and all based on a mindset. Uh, it's amazing to me. Amen. I always think about, you know, back in uh, when Jesus was... Uh, you know, and I think it's John 5, I want to say, and he he went to the pool of Bethesda. It's always such a good example of this, and we got sick people all the way around this thing, but Jesus was sent in there to minister to one person, all right, and that's what he did. Jesus was real clear, I only do what I see the Father uh, do. I only say what I hear the Father say, so he did exactly what he was supposed to do. He goes in there, he ministers to this gentleman who's crippled, and he begins to say, do you want to be made well? I mean, well, that's a that's kind of a no-brainer, don't you think? I mean, you would think that when somebody, you know, especially when you've, you know, you've had an infirmity or you've had a physical condition for years, and all of a sudden somebody asks you the question, you know, would you like to be free? Would you like to be healed? Would you like to be delivered? Would you like to uh, no longer have this this problem? You know, I would think that's a no-brainer. That's a quick yes or no, right? I mean, to me, it just makes sense. Yes. Yeah, that's what I want, right? Well, he didn't give a yes. He didn't give a no. He started giving excuses. You know, and praise God, Jesus didn't yield to that excuse. Amen. Uh, but he was just started going off on excuses you know man somebody in here they don't stir the water i can't go up and i can't get healed i'm always the last one to the water and i just man, I mean i just got one excuse after another and years ago i heard a statement you know excuses are nothing but the nails used to build the house of failure and to me that just makes sense that's the truth i mean so excuses ain't worth it you might as well just let go of that mess praise god get your mind set on higher things if god says you're an overcomer then guess what you're an overcomer if God says you're a conquer, then guess what? It doesn't matter how it looks, doesn't matter how you feel, then you're an overcomer. You're a conquer. I mean. Amen. So if God says you're a mighty man of valor, amen, guess what? That's who you are. You're a mighty man of valor, praise God. And so anyway, it just comes down to mindsets. Amen. What are you opening up the gate to? What are you letting in? If all you're hearing is defeat, then guess what? You live according to that. If all you hear is blessing and increase then guess what you live according to that amen if all you hear is i can't it won't it will never happen for me it won't ever work for me then guess what you live according to that are you hearing me today all right so we have the purpose in our heart amen uh to settle it right now amen that i'm only going to open the gate so to speak and let in the right thoughts. I'm going to let the God thoughts in. I'm going to set my mind on things above. I'm going to aim my mind toward higher things. Amen. I'm going to aim my mind toward God's thoughts. Praise God. Hope you're hearing this today. All right, let's look at another one. Let's go to uh, 2 Samuel. All right, I'm just kind of working through, um, you know, some different individuals here. Second Samuel, and I'm going to go to chapter 9. And... Um, 2 Samuel chapter 9, and really a, it's a, a an individual called Mephibosheth, okay, which to me uh, is a pretty phenomenal story here, but I'm going to kind of come to uh, verse 3 just for sake of time. David's looking for somebody out of the household of Saul or household of Jonathan actually uh, because uh, David and Jonathan, of course, were were covenant brothers. And um, so he's looking to show covenant kindness to somebody in his family. If there's anybody of his family that's still alive, that's out there, I want to show him covenant kindness, okay? Well, of course, he gets, he gets word uh, that there is somebody out there, okay? And he says this, verse 3, the king said, Is there not still someone of the house of Saul to whom I may show the kindness of God? And Ziba, which is one of his helpers there, and Ziba said to the king, There is still a, a son of Jonathan, who is lame in his feet? In other words, his walk has been affected. Okay, he's crippled. Of course, we get the whole story. Of what happened? That all happened when, uh, when they found out that Saul, King Saul, was dead, and of course, they made it as if it was David that did all of it. So they all flee, or uh, uh, you know, fled the castle, fled the you know the king's palace, uh, thinking that David was going to David was going to come back in there and kill everybody, and which was not true. It was a lie. They believed the lie. Hello, somebody. And when they went to, uh, uh, at the time, Mephibosheth was just an infant. When they went to grab, uh, the nurse went to grab uh, Mephibosheth, she dropped him, and he became crippled, all right? And so here he is now, much older and crippled. He's lame, it says. So the king said, Where is he? And Ziba said to the king, I'm in verse 4 here, Indeed, he is in the house of Makur and the son of Amil uh, in Lodabar. That don't even sound right. I mean, Lodabar just sounds like a bad place, you know what I mean? But it actually means pastorless or no word, which makes sense here. Then King David sent and brought him out uh, of the house of Makur and the son of Emil uh, from Lodabar, and when Mephibosheth, okay, the son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, had come to David. He fell on his face and prostrated himself. Uh, and David said, to me, uh, said, Mephibosheth, and then he asked, That's who, is that who you are? And he answered, he said, here is your servant. So David said to him, do not fear. I love this. Do not fear, uh, for I will surely show you kindness for Jonathan, your father's sake, and, I, and will restore to you all the land. I, man, think about this. Man, this boy came out of Lodabar. It's a place nobody wants to be at, right? Kind of been hiding out for all these years, and all of a sudden, in a, in a matter of minutes, he's a different, you know, we're talking about a different, everything's changed, right? Okay, uh, He, I will restore to you all the land of Saul, your grandfather, and you shall eat at my table continually. In other words, I'm going to give you everything that belonged to King Saul, which was a lot, by the way, okay, and you're not even going to need it anyway, because Every day of your life, you're going to be right here with me in the, in the palace, and, and you're, going to eat, you're going to eat by my side, all right? And he showed, uh, pardon me, and he bowed down uh, himself and said, What is your servant that you should look upon such a dead dog as I? A dead dog as I, okay? And all this is referring to reproach. Um, really, to be honest, um, the word Mephibosheth um, means dispeller of shame or confusion. Okay, uh, talking about reproach-minded. Um, this, is, this is really what we're seeing in this man's life. Now, you know, you can imagine the lies he's believed his whole life. You know, and the, one of the reasons he went prostrate before the king is he assumed the king, oh, great, now he found me, he's going to kill me, because his whole life he's just assuming that someday... Uh, King David's going to find him and kill him because he was a part of the household of Saul and uh, but not even realizing that his dad Jonathan was a blood 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 covenant brother with with David and you know he bought the lie that David was out to kill him all which was a lie David didn't even want to kill Saul okay so you know it's amazing how you can believe a lie all right and he believed a lie and You know, now all the uh, shame and the guilt and uh, here he is, you know, the reproach uh, of everything. You know, I'm just a, I'm nothing but a dead dog, which is wrong, okay? Uh, You know, if you just would just shut up here and listen, okay? He just told you that everything that your grandfather owned is now yours. Everything, all right? Everything that was of that household now belongs to you. You have just become a very, very wealthy man, all right? But you know what? You're not even going to need it because you're going to belly up to the table with me every day, and me and you are going to hang out every day. You're going to eat at my table. You ain't never going to be without. In other words, what he ended up doing is he ended up uh, having hired servants that went out and took care of all that land, all that property, all those possessions Uh, for Mephibosheth. He never even had to lift a hand to do any of that. Here he is now in the palace with the king, amen, King David, amen, and it took a little while, but he did get a hold of it, and in the end, he became a man that really stuck up for David. I mean, it's kind of a cool story, but the bottom line is, it was a mindset, okay, due to everything that happened, okay, and I'm not making light of everything that happened. You know, we're talking about he was a, an infant when when this thing happened as far as to his physical body. And at the same time, he had no idea about David other than what somebody told him. All right. But it was still a lie. And, I, and I, I think to me what we can learn from this is how weak sometimes can buy the lie. Somebody says something that really when it comes right down to it, what do they know? Right. I mean, they they buy into something that. You know they themselves are manipulated, or something, or they themselves are are uh, you know uh, full of of nothing but evil report. Okay, and they, they they're not talking right, they're not talking truth, but but yet they feed you a lie, and pretty soon you believe it. They say you can't, and you believe it. They say you'll never be, and you believe it. They say you know you're limited, and you say okay, you believe it. And so what happens now, based on mindsets, here you are now, locked to limits. You've been padlocked, chained to limits, all right? And God can't do much with that because it wars with God because of the mindset. Even though God's trying to pull you up, even though God's trying to, uh, you know, speak words of life, so you grab hold of it, so you open the gate, so to speak, to let right thoughts in, can't get through. Because you're too busy believing the lie, all right? Now, of course, we know that didn't ha- didn't stay there, right? And every person we're talking about so far, at least up to this point, are individuals, okay, that, you know, uh, what what the wrong thoughts did and those that changed, amen, what happened after that? Just a change of mindset. Now, of course, other than the children of Israel, because that generation, of course, died off. But the next generation, because of a different mindset, they go in and take the promised land just like God said they could. Gideon did exactly what God said he could. Moses did exactly what God said he could. Amen. And we're seeing even Mephibosheth, I mean, goes down, amen, as a, as a, as a, as a friend of David, praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. And here he was. Think about how many years were wasted in Lodabar. Are you hearing me? Anyway, the point is, it, we, need, we need to open the gate for right thoughts. Amen. Praise the Lord. Uh, let's maybe take a look at another one here. Maybe we'll just say the last one here. Let's just do that. So let's go to 1 Chronicles. 1 Chronicles. Hallelujah. Man, we could probably do this all day long, just take one individual after another here. But um, I want to talk um, about an individual. I've touched on this multiple times here and there, but Jabez, Okay. Uh, an individual um, that really didn't want to believe the evil report, didn't want to believe the lie, all right? And it says this, It's just really just two verses, okay? Uh, So I'm in 1 Chronicles 4, verse 9 and 10. It says, Now Jabez was more honorable, okay, than his brothers, okay? And his mother called his name Jabez, saying, Because I bore him in pain. And uh, we don't know the whole story, what all went down. We don't know if it was just in childbearing. But all I know is uh, sometimes you you can read into it because of what's not said, and you notice there was no father in the picture here. So we don't know, okay, did the father leave him? Did the father die? We don't know. All we know is that mom's naming him based on, you know, how she feels or based on the pain she's going through. So his name Jabez, okay, means one who bears or one who. Let's see. We'll make sure I get this right. One who uh, bears pain. Uh, I want to make sure I get this right here. Uh, yeah, one who creates pain, causes pain. All right, I think that's the best way to say it. One who bore him, bore her pain. Okay. So Jabez, verse ten, called on the God of Israel, saying, "Oh, that you would bless me indeed." and enlarge my territory that your hand would be with me and that you would keep me from evil that I may not cause pain. In other words, basically, I want a name change here, all right? I don't want to be the one that causes pain. I want to be the one that brings healing, all right? And so God granted it to him as he requested. Now, the point I'm trying to make here, I think the cool thing about Jabez, Jabez just kind of got it. I mean, somewhere along the line, he's realizing, wait a minute, everywhere I go, everybody calls me the guy that causes pain. You know, and you can think about this. You know, think about it. He grew up that way. Every time mama called him to lunch, she said, Hey, you who causes pain, time to eat. You know, he's out on the playground or whatever they did back then. You know, hey, you who causes pain. You know, I mean, every, everybody called him Jabez, right? So the one that causes pain. So you can imagine that'd probably get kind of old. Well, anyway, you know, somewhere along the line, he gets a hold of it. Somewhere he hears, hey, Amen. It doesn't have to be that way. I don't know how that all went down. I just know. That somewhere along the line, he knew he could call on God. So maybe somewhere in the scriptures, maybe, maybe he had been, you know, meditating on some of the stories we've been talking about so far. I don't know. Maybe thought about Moses or or Gideon or something, or maybe just about the children of Israel and recognized that, you know, they they ended up locking themselves down to limits because of their own thinking. And so maybe. Maybe somewhere along the line, he recognized that the blessing of God's there, and I could claim that and, and grab hold of that. So he said, Lord, I want the blessing in my life. I'd rather be the one that, you know, no longer brings pain, but rather brings healing and deliverance. And I'd rather be a blessing uh, to bless others, praise God. Amen. And, you know, he, somehow he got a hold of it, a mind change, and God granted it to him, praise God. So he opened the gate for that. As a man thinks, so he becomes, praise the Lord. And I just thought it was a good example to see where a man just made a decision, okay? And I think about you, and I think about me. I know even in my own life, I mean, there were times in my life I had I had the same wrong thoughts. I had things, didn't think, you know, this would go right or that. Or what, who am I? All them kind of same thoughts. And somewhere along the line, when I began to hear the truth, I began to realize and recognize that I don't have to sit and think like a defeated foe. I don't have to think, you know, uh, you know, that I'm less than. I don't have to, you know, uh, like one individual says, you know, no one can make you feel less than without your permission. All right. And that's just the facts. And so somewhere along the line, I made a decision. I'm going to believe what he says about me. I'm going to grab his thoughts. I'm opening the gate, so to speak, to what he has to say. Amen. If he says I'm, I'm more than a conqueror, then I'm more than a conqueror he says I'm an overcomer, then guess what? I'm an overcomer, praise God. If he says my past, it, it, you know, that I'm no longer my history, I'm no longer connected to my past, that old things have passed away, then bless God, that's what I'm taking hold of, praise the Lord. And when I began to do that, guess what? All of a sudden it began to, my life began to change. It's like I got on the right road finally, amen? And now he's navigating me through things. And next thing you know, you're living uh, in life and peace and the blessing, praise God, all because of a change of mind, praise God. Hallelujah. And this is how it is, amen? As a man thinks, so he becomes, praise God. Maybe all that needs to happen is just change your mindsets. Amen. Put your mind on things above and begin to watch what God can do. Hope you got something today. Father, we give praise and glory and honor. Thank you for a people that had an ear to hear and a heart to receive. Thank you, Lord, once again for opening the eyes of our understanding, praise God. Letting us see this clearly, praise God. Getting it settled, praise God, that all we need to do is set our mind, aim our mind on things above, praise God. And I give praise and glory for that in the name that's above every name, the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. I call you blessed. Thanks for listening.